Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, dear brothers, sisters, listeners, Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to today's podcast where I will be sharing and discussing some intriguing questions that might come to minds of our listeners. And again, this is related to the discussions that we've been having regarding the Baqi Cemetery. And think of this as the transitory episode in which I lay the foundation for a series of new podcasts on the same topic, but addressing certain questions and concerns that might come across related to Islamic history, beliefs, and actions. And by doing this, what will happen is we will not only address some of the historical aspects of the Islamic history, but will also lay the foundation or strengthen the foundation for the Baqi Cemetery. My aim is to shed light on these topics and provide clarity to help Muslims in general, specifically the Shias of the Ahlibayt al-Islam, better understand their faith and the importance of certain actions. So let's get started. There are four questions in total. The first question is about accepting help from someone else who is considered an enemy or a hypocrite or whose actions do not justify him or her being a Muslim. And we have had examples from the past where the Ahlabayt al-Islam denied accepting help from others. But at the same time, we have had examples where the Ahlabayt al-Islam did accept help from others. So let's talk about that example. So it's in case of the rebuilding of Baqi Cemetery. It is essential to understand that every situation is unique and requires a different approach. This approach, when it came to Alibat al-Islam, it was very clear. They had divine guidance and their direction was predefined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they did not deviate. So whether they did one action or the other, it was not contradictory. It was aligned with the Mashiach of Allah and the direction that was appropriate for that time. But it also tells us that we have to adapt ourselves to the right situation of the time. So in the case of Imam Ali al-Islam, when he denied as denied help offered by Abu Sufyan, it was clearly for reasons that he knew best. For example, Abu Sufyan being the staunchest enemy of Islam could not have been sincere in his offer of help. On the other hand, if we ask uh, a tyrant who has moved away from the Wahhabi mentality and has changed the force or the ideological force of Wahhabism in Saudi Arabia, we're not endorsing the tyrants or their actions. Rather, we are potentially engaging the tyrant to rectify the wrong done by his or her ancestors in the name of wrong religious beliefs. Therefore, it is crucial to engage the people in power to make sure that our goals are met without uh, compromising on the principles. And we're going to have deeper discussion on this topic further with Dr. Hatham uh, in the following podcast. Second question asks, since there are already shrines built for the Masumin salam, but Muslims have not changed. How can one additional shrine change the situation? It is a really important question. Really like this question, I personally, myself, 
because building just a shrine is not enough. It is about changing oneself to get shrine built. Bringing unity in our fold is critical. Building shrines for the Imams al-Islam is an essential aspect of showing respect to the Ahlubayt al-Islam. Showcasing taqwa, respecting the signs of Allah and remembering their legacy. While the presence of these shrines may not lead to an immediate transformation amongst Muslims, it is a gradual process. And again, just forcing the issue and getting the shrine built again shows the transformation from a disjointed Muslim community to a community that comes together on the issue of the symbols of Allah. The existence of these shrines will serve as a reminder of Imam's teachings and their sacrifice, encouraging Muslims from all over the world to think about their examples. It's the same thing that happens when people go to Karbala or Najaf. They are inspired by the presence of these holy personalities and they're forced to think about them. The third question is about the priorities of saving the lives of the Imams or protecting the lives of the Shia that the Imams Islam tried to protect. Which one is important? I mean, the key answer, very simple answer is that the life of the Imams is much more important than anything in the world. We will have a deep dive on this topic with Dr. Hatim as well. Now, the fourth question seeks clarification on the story of Abdul Malik ibn Marwan and how he was given success in this world by protecting the progeny of the Prophet. It's a very interesting question. Abdul Malik ibn Marwan, the Umayyad Qalaf, was known for his military and political success. He was one of the longest reigning Banu Umayyah Caliphs. Now, I would like to highlight he was a tyrant. He is Lanatullah. He is not successful from the hereafter perspective because of the atrocities that he committed. However, according to historical accounts, he provided protection to the progeny of the Prophet, which led to the divine assistance and the blessings in his rule. Now, that is really important. We're going to talk about this in greater detail, what happened and how it unfolded. So thank you for joining on this journey in this transition episode as we address different thought-provoking questions and the next discussions will be based on these questions going into more detail as so that we can not only help understand what happened in the history but also strengthen our faith so that we can strongly pursue the issue of rebuilding Baqi and the issue of Jannatul Baqi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.